0: Father in heaven um, worships and I thank you for the opportunity um, you give us to enter your marvel at the beauty of the cross and the beauty of who you are I pray that tonight you would in feeble words of myself Jason Erica um, to reveal through the life amen all right so a little recap here um, as you guys see on the sign oh well and just there it is um, so, this whole semester we've been focused on, uh, as a young boy, um, was taken from his home, put into a completely different context, a completely different culture. As Christians, we're called to live differently, we're called to live for a kingdom that's not here. And so, we, as a bad one. and we need to make sure that we're not being belligerent in Babylon, we need to make sure that we aren't um, also being in Babylon. Um, and so, this week, um, we're going to be focusing on a tool in which Christians use uh, to become effective the leaders in Babylon who pursue model teaching.
1: Alright, thank you. So, I'm just going to kind of start out with um, they're both very unique, in which we're able to see a new perspective of Daniel. So before, and once we get to chapter 8, we see that he's fallen first, face down, going to be praying. And he does this faithfully and earnestly because he's unsure of the future, and he's a little future holds. And this kind of happened where in my new year basketball season, we as a team we were kind of struggling with coming together. And I'm sure you guys know, basketball is so important when it comes to team because of that glory set on God. It can throw everything else off, especially when it comes to... Our coaches did a lot and tried to help us to meetings and each other. But nothing seemed to really work. and. It just kind of seemed so. I was a captain, and then a couple other girls. We were kind of concerned about where our team's headed for the sectionals. So we tried to kind of really getting to the point, and things just didn't seem to be really. At the time, I kind of felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and my team, and I felt like it was kind of my responsibility as a team captain did come by the end of winter in february we were to play in the team because the team that we played wasn't all that great and so it would be a team and see if all that work that we had done throughout the season would actually end up in the game i ended up having a freak injury accident where i went up for a rebound so for me this was very devastating because you lose that one person, part of the only, three nights before we're going to play in this big game. I started to put all, confess and talk to God about what I was feeling. I was just kind of internalizing it all. And so, to full body shock. And essentially what happened was, I couldn't move for about an hour. And it's in that moment where you're not sure the next day or even after that. And that was when I really learned to trust God and talk about what I was feeling because I had let it all build up and all the stress and all the worry that I had been placed in that moment. So throughout that, I was working and I was able to move. I a couple of days after that, but um, our team, I was on the sidelines and I was able to encourage my teammates weeks after and months where I was really starting to like question why that's why I want to encourage you guys all today how important it is to put your faith and your trust and taking the time to come with our concerns and our worries and just and so through that we're able to have a sense of hope.
0: So I, I think the thing that I love which Erica said in you know, this passage is that even in the midst of where he is, where Daniel is, he trusts God, and with the rest of our time, here, what does it look like to talk to God, what does it look like to pray to God, and sort of walk through this, what Daniel does within this prayer, um, and so the first one is the way in sin, which Daniel prays, and then the last section is we're going to look for the
2: movement, which Daniel asks Right. Alright, so it's Daniel 9, through 3 and we're in the versions you heard from, so... It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord, as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for seven years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him and prayer, for rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. Alright, so the first thing that's super cool about this passage
0: is um it's kind of kind of reminiscent of in luke where Jesus' disciples go to him and they say hey jesus teach us how to pray right because i think that's a common thing which a lot of us face is we're like we're commanded to pray we're told to pray but like what does it look like you know we've all seen the people who pray these super long prayers that go on for hours and you fall asleep during them and then you know there's people like mike who just get up there and say amen that's the prayer sometimes (laughs) it happened in high school Mike's an awesome guy. You should get to know. But <laughs> right, and so a lot of just like, how do we pray? What is this supposed to do? So the cool part about this passage is that it walks us through what Daniel was doing. It walks us through how he was doing it. It walks us through what he was talking about. And so there's three. It's where we pray. Um, and it starts there. During the first year of King Xerxes reign, talking about, um, so the Celtics, not the basketball team, um, but the people who, live. and so they believe that. Um, in the world, there were areas of the world in which they were closer, because those were places where they could talk to the gods about their problems and do sacrifices and things like that. Um, about what Christians believe is that um, when Jesus died on the cross in the old Jewish temple, there was a huge curtain, it was like 40, 60 feet tall I can't remember the dimensions right now Holy of Holies, which was where God resided and only you know, special people who were from us and approached God and talked to God. Um, and the beautiful thing was, when Jesus died, that curtain was ripped. So that is a God thing that got shredded. What that was it was a symbol of symbol that to God, it didn't take anyone special. It didn't take a special place. It was everybody, and and that's what we see here is that um, the best place to pray is everywhere, in which your prayer is going to be more heard than another situation, um, and that's the first beautiful thing we see. Daniel is reading with his Bible open. It makes reference to the fact that Daniel is reading from the prophet Jeremiah. Which, like, reading the same passages from Jeremiah that you and I can read. Like, that's, that's a pretty insane thing. Like, I always kind of think that, like, the Holy was born, and then he did his thing. But, like, no, like, Jeremiah lived way before Daniel, and Daniel had the opportunity to, to God. And I think this is a powerful thing that we can do in prayer. Um, because things, and then my mind starts to wander, and then next thing I know, I'm thinking about my test, or I'm thinking about the Pacers, and John Rajon Rondo spitting in Chris Paul's face, and, you know, next thing I know, it's an hour later, and I'm like, what was I even praying about? Like, reinvent the wheel. We don't have to come up with these great things to pray because God already gave us his word. This is what I want for you. This is what I promise you. So all you have to do is go read it and pray it back to the passage. And as you're reading through it, you'll see something. You'll read a sentence which reminds you of something you're going through. You're like, hey God, like I just thought of this situation. I need this in this situation. And then you keep reading through the passage. Who was a prophet himself and who at this point is 80 years old and has like served three kings and interpreted a million dreams. All these crazy things. Like even he goes back to God's word in order to pray, um, which is a return in which uh Daniel prays. We see that he's fasting, he has the sackcloth, he has ashes, um, just like a passing fancy like, oh hey God, help out Israel. It'd be really nice if you so often miss in my prayer life is it's kind of like a, you know, before I fall asleep in bed, I'm like, oh God, I got this test to my friend. But like never take the time to pause and realize that in that prayer I before the Lord most holy who created everything. And I have the opportunity to. Talk to him. And that's an incredible thing. And so we need to approach that with a posture of awe and a posture of importance in which Daniel lives.
1: This is from Daniel 4, or 9. Confessed, O oh Lord, you are great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promise. We have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets. Who spoke on your authority towards you are in the right, but as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is the truth of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel. Scattered near and far, we and our kings, princes, and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you, against Him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, we have not followed the instruction, in turn, the law of Moses. The servant of God has been poured down on us because of our sins. You have kept your word. has happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sin. He is prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all these things, for we did not obey Him.
0: This is something which is true for all people at all times, and that's the fact that the barrier between us and God is our separate us from fully living into the grace which God gives us. So there's three ways in which Daniel deals. First one is he recognizes God's holiness. Um, and we see that uh, in verse um, an awesome God. And the thing here is um, I've heard it described as cheap grace. Well, it's not that bad. Then when you recognize God's forgiveness, it's not really a big deal because you're you're sin God truly is. Then him bridging the chasm between those two things becomes an amazing thing. The next thing is he admits his refusal to listen. Um, and I think oftentimes uh, to the godly people God has placed in our life, we refuse to um, listen to the Holy Spirit of explained. So we just kind of want to continue on whatever we're doing, and we, you know, push everything else away. He um, confesses the refusal to obey. And this is when um, God and we're confronted face-to-face with our sin, face-to-face with the blackness and the darkness of our own heart. the God, I need you. Um, and so those are the three things which Daniel does. He recognizes who God is, the God for refusing to listen, and then refusing to obey. It's hilarious. Uh, so, Jace is gonna
2: um, read the next part, which is the last. So, this is Daniel nine fifteen through nineteen it says, "O, oh in a great display of power, but we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faith, your holy mountain, all the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins. And this, for your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O oh my God, lean into me. Open your eyes and see our despair." See how your city, the city that bears your name, your mercy. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. For you are a your name.
0: So, and um, he says a famous verse, which probably a, a lot of us know, but he says that a man with the faith, the size of a And I think that this is what Daniel is asking God to do. Israel, Israel from where they are in captivity, back to their home. Um, and so realize that we, in and of our own power, and in and of our own strength, can't accomplish what we need to need. We have to ask him to instill his power and his peace upon the situation. Ask God to hear and forgive, and then he asks him to listen and to act. Um, and please react in your redeeming, promise-keeping power and bring us home. And I don't know like, where... I need to daily pray that and daily live in that and say, God, God's keeping power to be instilled into this situation, whatever that may be, whether that's you know, any of those things. Um, just praying that redeeming God's keeping power into. I think the, the last part of this is what is holy that we have the words we need to pray, we have the access we need to pray, best our sins, and yet so often we don't ask for God to move. I think sometimes it's fear which holds us back. It's fear of us wondering if God will show up, I think in our lives. I think it's the distractions we allow to place in ourselves. And I think it's the fact that, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, but when our prayers are positioned to be the most powerful is when the devil sets up prayers and the most blocks and tries to keep us from praying. And I think it's so important to the power and the saving grace of Jesus. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. so Eric Erica's moment, something that made her realize her current state and the change that she was um, station. For me, it was in high school Erica did actually. Very small. Um, I graduated with like 91, 92, and no one coming to IUPUI. It was a really, really big adjustment for me, those I love, and so having no one here was really, really, Some people that I knew in classes, but it, I never, outside, never hung out with anyone. It was that this is mostly commuter school still. Um, so adjustment going to college, it'll, it'll get better, it'll be fine. Um, and then, Forced Christian influence of a Christian high school. Um, I went to Covenant. I felt Christ's influence also leave my life and spiritually alone. Um, I had my parents to go back to. So <laughs> then sophomore year started and um, step in the right direction. Um, I started going to that. Met some really awesome people. These sort of emphasis or priority on the whole like, Jesus part of the Bible, I was putting, and I was completely using and abusing it isn't vain. It was just that I needed people to connect to and I needed people to get to know. This semester, I started not going to Bible study because after I met everyone, I was like, yeah, this is really great. Um, which is really kind of cliche to say in Christian culture days, like said, in church so many times, um, then I was sick of it myself and I would just wallow in self-pity and I had no one to go to except myself. I blamed God. I literally blamed IEPY as an entity. I was like, my the problem that I had was not my own. It was someone else's and I was just the byproduct of it. Birthday last year, for some reason, everything just came to a head. My birthday is during Christmas three semesters and I was like okay, so what am I going to do differently? Moments, one moment, my dad comes up to my room. He was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? It's your birthday. What happened? Um, and prayer, which that day was probably the first time five or six months, because I prayed as a group, like in a Bible study type setting or in church, but never on my own. You're not praying. You're like, why isn't God moving? And then you're like, oh, that's right, because I'm not praying. And I gave him the adoration that he deserves for what I have been given, all I could focus on was that He's not giving me which I want. For sure, Dad ends up printing out a transfer application for Indiana Wesley, and he was like, "You do have friends and things with you." So we prayed, and um, I realized that God wants with a different outlook. And so um, I was praying, and I decided that um, because it actually does happen. Um, but not only was I praying, I started hearing some really, really good sermons because. Um, God that you're you're praying to me, but do you believe that I'll actually accomplish it? Are you doing anything? Are just trying to get your own worry off your chest and give it to me? Um, and so I'm not God's fault. It was that I was asking God, hey, can you please just send me someone, someone that is going to care about me at all? And so um, I imagine that he did. Um, people started reaching out to me that at and he's going to hate me. He hates when I talk about it. But, Ryan texted me. Uh, sure. And so, um, I was driving, was completely and utterly really God. Um, and I was like, wow, there's. So then, in going to Bible study again, I got connected with a really, really awesome thing. The people that will rally around you when you just open up to them. So I opened up to them. One of them is, what is one discipline that you can practice um, in the passage, Daniel was lesser going to wear sackcloth and fast. Um, that's not a part of our culture today. So um, that was further reinforced later in the year because at church there was this amazing sermon series about prayer. So I was getting it from every direction. And um, I will say that praying makes it you have to put God first and believe that He actually can do what He says He's going to do and that He can have the ability to. Uh, second is what is one sin that you need to confess? The veil was torn in the temple, and now we have the ability to go straight to God with our sin. We don't have bloody and beaten on the cross because of what we would do today and tomorrow and then willing, no matter how many times you've done it, to do it again. So that's something to think about this week. And then the last thing is one what is one mountain that you want God to move? Um, and I was ready to just leave all my worry in this place and go find another way to do it. Um, but I'm so glad that God has kept me here and through these to help blind people across the street and talk to people about God that I would in the wrong place if you believe that God can use you. He will use you as long as you say yes. So my, You might as well open up and let God's will be accomplished through you. Because it's, it's a powerful it's What's a sin you need to confess and what's a mountain. So I encourage you all to pray those things. All right, so I'm going to close this out here.
0: Um, there's a few are really good and they're really true. Um, the first one is that God is ready to act if we are only ready to. The next one is we have to pray more before we can see what God has in store. And, and if you look at the timelines of this prayer, um, ironically, this is the exact same time when the lions didn't happen. So this comes in, which is crazy to think about. And then you see um, that same year to go back to Jerusalem. Then two years later, um, Zerubbabel returns and the temple is rebuilt. Jerusalem. And then um, 20 years later, Ezra comes back and brings the law back to Jerusalem. And then and all of those things started with this prayer that Daniel prayed. Um, prayer that Daniel refers a couple times to the faithfulness of God to Moses. And so that means that his faithfulness in the past of your life or of other people's lives will, is that the faithfulness which God showed to people like Abraham Moses, Daniel, Piper, Mark Dever, Tim Keller, Christine Kane, and all these people. The same faithfulness because God is unchanging. And that's freaking cool. Um, I know we're right at of time, so if you guys got to go to sleep, feel free to leave. Um, but we're going to do something a little different. Ethan, if you look at this passage. Um, Jace talks about three action points. So a discipline, a sin. Um, Ethan's passing out the, um, <coughs> the art for this week, which is a passage of scripture from... Uh, Daniel 8 on it. And so, what we're going to do is we're just going to have everyone um, sort of push the chair to the side, get down on their knees, um, put the art in front of them. So, that's the posture, the way in which we're going to pray. And then we're just going to have a time of silence. And I want everybody to identify something in their life that is a barrier between them and God. Um, something that's a sin, whether it's a pride, whether it's a sense of self sufficient. Um, whatever that may be, identify something as a barrier between you and God and admit to God what that is and um, ask his forgiveness for the times in which you have not listened and the times in which you have not obeyed to his call to get rid of that and then we're going to also think about one mountain, one thing which you want God to move maybe it's a test tomorrow maybe it's a roommate situation um, maybe it's you know a family situation and a brokenness there um, I don't know what it is, everybody's mountain is different um, so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a couple minutes to do that. Um, so, yeah, everyone just go ahead. Um, push yourself aside. I know it's going to feel weird to get down on your knees, um, but we are entering the presence of an almighty God who has the power to move whatever we need to move. Um, so go ahead and take a minute and identify whatever that barrier is, and then identify whatever mountain you need moved, and then after a couple of minutes, I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer and we'll be done for the night. Dear Father in heaven, what an amazing thing it is to enter into your presence, to come before the king of the universe, the God who created everything with a mere spoken word, a God who loves us so much that he sacrificed his very son so that we could have this opportunity. God, I pray that tonight in our hearts and in our minds, um, that through the power of prayer, you would allow us to reach a new depth of understanding of who you are, a new joy in living through the grace that you provide, and a new love to show to others around us. God, we thank you for who you are. We confess the times we have failed to recognize your greatness. We confess the times we have failed to confess our sin. And we ask for you to move in the situations in our lives which seem unmovable. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you guys just did the easy part. In your own head, quietly, to yourself, you talked about where you needed God to show up and what you need to change. So my challenge to you guys now is find somebody in your life, a friend, a mentor, a pastor, maybe it's Jace, myself, or Erica, and verbalize what you just told God. Um, And ask that person to partner with you in prayer and ask that person to hold you accountable um, to living into a prayerful posture of life. All right. Have a fantastic Monday and a great Tuesday because Monday's basically it. You guys are
2: awesome.